amen. We looked at covenant. God cannot break covenant, amen. And so tonight, we're going to even look at the, the benefits of the covenant, amen, now that we're all covenant believers, New Testament believers. Matter of fact, if you could, just real quick, put up Hebrews 8 and 6, and then we'll get into this. I love Hebrews 8 and 6. Look what it says here in Hebrews uh, chapter um, 8. It says, uh, but now he, he has obtained a, a more excellent ministry in as much as he also is uh, the mediator of a, a, a better covenant. Somebody say better. So we have a better covenant which was established on better promises. Thank God things have gotten better that we, that Jesus became that ultimate sacrifice for us, amen, that we don't have to go around sacrificing animals to stay in covenant, that Jesus already did it and because we've accepted what he did on the cross, the death, the burial, the resurrection, now we are a part of that covenant, glory to God. So let's look at some of the benefits of the covenant. The first thing that I want to look at tonight is uh, uh, one of the benefits of the covenant is that he makes us fruitful. Look at this real quick. We looked at this briefly last week, but let's go back to Genesis chapter 17, uh, verse 1. So one of the first things that he does, one of the benefits of the covenant is that he makes us fruitful. It says now in verse 1 of, of Genesis 17, it says, Then Abram was 99 years old, and he said to him, I am, I am almighty God. Walk before me blamelessly, and I will make my covenant, my, my covenant, my, my binding agreement, which that's another word for a covenant. My, I'll make a binding agreement with you between me and you, and I'm going to multiply you exceedingly. And then the Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. And then look at verse 6. It says, I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of, make nations of you. And, and, and then look at that like this, and kings shall come from you. Then it goes in verse 7, and we'll stop here. It says, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants, which that's us, after you. And, your, and then it says, and their generations for everlasting uh, covenant uh, to, be, to, to, to be God to you and your descendants after you. But look again, verse 6, I will make you exceedingly fruitful. So that is one of the covenant promises is that God will make us fruitful in the earth. And we know Genesis chapter 1, I believe it's verses 27 and 28, it talks about how, let's put that up real quick. Look at this. It's, look, go, go, go to uh, uh, Genesis 1, uh, 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 1 and uh, 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 27, 1 and 27, Genesis 1 and 27. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Somebody say them. Them is talking about male and female. I, I, I'm going to keep moving, though, because I could. <laughs> hallelujah. Y'all, hallelujah. Amen. Them. He created them. Then it says, then God bless them. He bless them. And God said to them, oh, I'm about to work this them. What part of that? Do we need to go Greek and Hebrew? <laughs> All right. Be fruitful. Because part of the covenant is that he wants us to be what? Fruitful and multiply 
and, and fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the, the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. But at the end of the day, it is the will of God. It is part of his covenant for us to be fruitful. Now, of course, we know Abram and Abraham and Sarah hit a wall. Amen. We all know the story. Matter of fact, we can look at it real quick. Of course, go flip over one more chapter. Go to Genesis 18 real quick. Because, of course, at this time, they couldn't even have children. But God still told Abram, listen, I still have made a covenant with you. In other words, delay does not mean deny. Just because I might be silent doesn't mean I'm absent. So look at this, verse 11. Now Abram said to Sarah, or I'm sorry, now Abram and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, I have grown old, shall I have pleasure? Then it says, uh, uh, my Lord being old also. So she wrote, she wrote not only herself off, but she even wrote her husband off. Amen. Then it says, and the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? There's nothing, obviously, there's nothing too hard for God to do. That's why I love when David said, you come to me with a javelin, a sword, and a spear. He said, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, which means the God of the universe. See, when you got the God of the universe working on your behalf, he can begin to do supernatural things in your situation. Has anybody in this building seen God do the supernatural? Somebody say supernatural. You being here tonight is supernatural. Come on. There was a time in your life where you was crazy. Can I get a witness? A lot of us up in here was, as I would say, stuck on stupid and parked on dumb. Amen. But at the end of the day, God supernaturally saved me and you. Use somebody to speak into our life. That's why the Bible says some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. Is there anything? too hard for the Lord. Then it says at the appointed time I will return to you. How many know all of us have an appointed time that God begins to move in our life? It might not be in this time. Maybe part of the reason why God isn't moving yet like you would like for him to. Maybe it's not your appointed time. Maybe God got you right where he wants you. Right smack dab in a wilderness. Wildernesses are necessary. Wilderness means a dry and desolate place. Sometimes that's exactly where God wants us where we, so we can learn how to trust him and lean on him and depend on him. And when we're between the rock and the hard place, that we're still looking unto him to be the author and the finisher of our faith. So your appointed time is coming. It will be. Then he says, at this appointed time, I will return to you according to time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. And I like that. He was very specific. He said a son. Now, now let's, let's look at uh, Genesis uh, 20. Uh, 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 look at, go, to, go to Genesis. Stay right in Genesis. Go to Genesis chapter 21, verse 1. It says, and the Lord visited Sarah. How many you know God will visit you in your appointed time? Then it says, and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. I love that. If God said it, that seals it. Then it says, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. And Sarah conceived and she bore, a, she, and, she, and, she, and she conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time. Somebody say set time. 
of which God had spoken to him. There's a set time where God wants you to be fruitful. Amen? Don't want us to be fruitful at 12. Come on, somebody. But there's a set time where he wants us to be fruitful and multiply. One of the things when I met my wife, we've been married now almost 24 years this December, been together, I'm sorry, it'd be 24 years this March, next March, but 26 years December that we've been dating, amen. And I can remember when we was hanging out and we meet up at Circle K, anybody should do stuff like that. We're going to meet halfway. <laughs> I lived on 53rd in Peoria. She lived on 47th in Peoria. So we would meet halfway at the Circle K. It's still sitting there on 51st in Peoria. we meet there and talk about how many kids we was going to have. We were still in high school. But even then, we didn't know about no, nothing about no covenant. We knew about sex. But, well, somebody say, but God. Well, we didn't wait, obviously. But... <laughs> But, <laughs> but I'm so grateful that God loved us so much that he still allowed us to be in covenant with him with our messy self. Can I get a witness? Give us the ability to what? Be fruitful. So one of the benefits of being a part of the covenant is that he allows us to be fruitful. What a blessing to be able to, be able to create, to be able to multiply and know that God said he blessed what? Them, male and what? female to be what? Fruitful. So number one, one of the benefits of his covenant is that we can be fruitful. I tell you what, what a, what a blessing that you and me as men that we carry seed on the inside of us, that we literally carry our legacy on the inside of us. What a blessing. Then he gives us favor, which of course is our wife. But then our children are our legacy, amen? Gives us the ability to be fruitful and multiply. So number one, the benefit of the covenant is that he makes us fruitful. And we've looked over that, and there's a set time for everybody to do that, of course. Now let's look at the second thing. The second thing is one of the other benefits of the covenant is that he prospers us and he gives us land. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1. Deuteronomy chapter 8. We're going to look at verses 1 through 3. Look at this real quick. So one of the benefits of the covenant is that he makes us fruitful. Then it says, every commandment which I commanded you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go. Then it says, and go in and possess. Somebody say possess. Possess the land of which the Lord swore to your Fathers, let's look at that word possess. The word possess means to inherit. How many you know there's some things that we and you are to inherit that our Heavenly Father wants to release in our life? Then it goes on, not only the word possess means uh, uh, to inherit, but it also means, I like this, it means to seize, and it also means to occupy. It is the will of God for us to seize things while we are here in the earth, not only to seize but to occupy. God wants us to have land. I know I get redundant at times, but it is a blessing that we own this piece of property. Let's give God a hand praise one more time for that. Hallelujah. Own the head, not the tail. Praise the Lord. We're not just throwing our money away. Praise God. Amen. We own a 20-year mortgage, but we're going to do it in three. By faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. How's that going to happen? God going to do it supernaturally. I said this briefly at one of my services. There's a book I got to still buy, it, but it talks about how C and D students, how, how they have A and B students that work for them. 
And I was talking to this multimillionaire. He was a CD student. He's a multimillionaire now. And he came to the conclusion. He said, Pastor Stu, he said, part of the reason why God does that is because when you're a CD student, you don't know how to think things through. Like I was talking to uh, Nisi, throw your hand up, Nisi. Nisi's over the finances at the church. And I asked her yesterday when we were in a meeting, she, I said, Did you, were you an AB student? She said, yeah, Pastor, I was on the principal list. I was in the principal office. <laughs> Getting corrected. Anybody going to be honest? I didn't know that. So Nisi thinks things through all the time. So sometimes we clash. Can I get a witness? And I'll say, Nisi, I, I just send the check. I know the money ain't in there, but by faith. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I said. Anybody had to write a faith check before? <laughs> you knew it was coming. Come on. Oh, y'all. <laughs> said, just send the check to Texas. Now, locally, come on, I'm going to think that through. Oh, y'all. I was born that night, but not last night. Did you catch that? <laughs> so my point is this. At the end of the day, God is going to do it supernaturally. I know what the mortgage says. It says 20 years. Now, we bought it in 2016 February is when we started paying our mortgage, 2016 February. And then when I looked at the mortgage thing, it's, we're not, our last payment is in 2036. How many know the devil's a lie? I will be 64 years old. We're not going to be up here trying to collect money for this building when I'm 64. The devil is a lie. Mm -hmm. see, see, you got to get to that place where you start talking like that about your own personal home. I'm not going to pay on this house for 30 years, maybe 15, maybe 10. Because supernaturally, God will move because he already said part of his covenant is that he's going to allow me to occupy and seize and subdue and take property. Now give God a hand praise that it's already done. That he's going to do it in the supernatural. And you're not going to even try to figure out how you're going to do it. Luke 6, 38, he said, I will cause what? Men to what? Give unto your bosom. You don't know who God will send in your life. You can be one person away from God sending somebody in your life that can change your whole situation, change your whole world. Amen? So number one, the covenant, one of the benefits of the covenant is that he wants us to be, he allows us to be fruitful. He prospers us. He gives us land. Let's look at the, look at, look at the rest of these scriptures real quick. Look at, look at, look at, look at this. So we, then it says, uh, then it says, and you shall remember. So after he gives you the land, he says, you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you. I love that. that Sometimes he will put you smack. I said it earlier. He will put you smack dab in the wilderness to humble you. So then when he begins to elevate you, you don't be thinking you all that. That's why I love the word. It says, lay hands on no man suddenly. I remember I went to my dad at 24 years old. I said, I'm ready to be a preacher. So I was ready to preach the gospel at 24. And I'm 44 now. So I'm thinking 24. My dad said, go get that mop. Here's a bucket. Clean the church for a year. Then we're going to let you preach. So I didn't start preaching the gospel until I was 25. 
But the, the, the worst thing he could have had done was say, we're going to put you up now. And then what if it would have came out sounding right? All of a sudden, then you get puffed up, puffed up with ego. Mm, that sounds pretty good. Maybe I'm ready to be the bishop. Now, God had have you go clean some urinals for a season. <laughs> Come on, somebody. They got quiet like up here. They look like, I, I don't hardly clean my own. I'm going to clean somebody else. <laughs> but no, sometimes the way up is down. So sometimes God will put you in a wilderness, a dry and desolate place to see if you're going to trust him. It's easy to trust God when you got a pocket full of money. It's easy to trust God, amen, when everything you ahead on everything. But when you're behind, that's not a time to panic. That's the time to quote that Philippians 4 and 12. Put up Philippians 4 and 12. Let me just give you a visual. We're going to come right back to Deuteronomy 8 and 2. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Philippians. I didn't even have this in my notes, but this is good for you to know. It says, I know how to be a base, and I know how to be a bound. With or without. Everywhere in all things, I have learned both to be full and be hungry. I got any women know how to, you will make, you will stretch that stuff in that cabinet. Anybody been in one of them seasons where you was, you was in a red lobster season and then all of a sudden you was back in a sandwich season? Well, I got a lot of y'all like, but my point is this, you made it work. It all come out the same. Can I get a witness? <laughs> that was a little TMI, that's, that's. We'll edit that. <laughs> Woo, that was funny. But let me, tra let me transition. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> That's why I can't stand bougie people. Because you put your pants on one leg at a time like me, you ain't all that. As quick as God gave that to you, he could take it from you too. Because he's the one that said he'll reign on the just and the unjust. Don't get it twisted. Everywhere in all things, I've learned how to be full. And I've learned how to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. See, in order sometime to reign with God, you got to learn how to suffer with him. I don't want to be around nobody that don't know nothing about suffering. Because if we hit a wall, you, will, you, won't, you won't fight. You will flight. I need, some, I need some warriors around me, not warriors. Amen? How are we going to do it, Pastor? He's been doing it this long. He's been God for a long time. He was God to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, them, Shadrach, Meshach, Bendigo, Daniel. Habakkuk, Amos, the books we don't teach on. <laughs> Haggai. <laughs> he was there. Amen. He prospered all of them. Blessed them all with land. Come on. Caleb told Joshua, I'm just coming along with the ride. And shoot, he blessed them, didn't I? Can I get a witness? Caleb got his mountain. 
Mm-hmm. So let's look at this. Look at, look at verse 3 now. Look at verse 3. Look at verse 3. Oh, no, go back to two, because there's some other stuff in there I didn't hit. It says, uh, 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 40 years in the wilderness to humble you, not only to put you in the wilderness, but if the wilderness is to humble you and to test you, to really see what you're made of. Can't have a testimony without going through a test. To know what was in your heart. He wanted to know what was in your heart. That's why he would put you in a wilderness to really see what's in your heart. We'll put you on a swap meet for eight months. See if you're going to preach to more chairs and people and be faithful. God can't give you something like this for you pass a test of preaching to some people in some metal chairs. So he'll put you through the test to see what's in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not, his instructions. Amen? Next verse. So he humbled you, allowed you to go, allowed you to hunger, and he fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your father know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. I love that. Man shall not, even Jesus, when he was in his wilderness, remember even Satan said, well, if you're the son of man, turn that rock into bread. And Jesus was quoting the word. Man shall not live by bread alone. How many, how many of you been in a, between a rock and a hard place and it was a word that got you out of your dilemma? You had to be like, wait a minute, Romans 8 and 31 says, if God be for me, I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to freak out. I'm going to fight, not flight. I'm not going to worry. I'm going to be a warrior in this season that I'm in because I know this too shall pass. If God brought Shadrach out, Meshach at the middle, he'll bring me out of my personal fiery furnace. He'll bring me out of my wilderness. Isn't it interesting, if you read Luke chapter 4, in, in Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus was in his wilderness, the Bible talks about when he came out of his wilderness, he came out with power. You can't get power until you go through your wilderness. You got to be willing to go through your dry place. Amen. Then the Bible says when he came out of his wilderness, then he had power. People that you see that have power, they've been through something. People that you see successful, they've been through something. Amen. Go to... Uh, uh, go to uh, verse 14 now. 8 and 14. So we're going to stay right here. Deuteronomy 8 and 14. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who bought you out of the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage. Isn't it the same how they forgot? How did, how did you forget? Here it is. You watch God part the Red Sea. You watch the deaf angel come, and only ones that had blood on the doorposts, the deaf angel passed over, and you saw all these people die. How all of a sudden you get, these, that's some deep stuff. How do you see all that, and all of a sudden you want to have a hissy fit? Next verse. I, 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 the reason why I'm moving on, because I can linger there for a minute, and I got, I got five points for y'all tonight. Who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which you were uh, fiery serpents and scorpions and thir uh, thirsty land where, where uh, there was no, no water, who brought water for you out of a, of a flinty rock. Neck, my God, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your father did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do 
good in the end. He always has intentions to do good in the end, but sometimes he will allow you to go through the ringer to see what's in your heart. Next verse. Then you say in your heart, my power and my might of, of my hand have gained me. See, that's where you got, don't get it twisted, where you think it was your hand and that you got wealth. But look, look at this. This is where verse eight, 18, this is where I've, I've been trying to get to. And you shall remember. Somebody say remember. The Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may what? Establish his what? Covenant. He wants to establish his covenant, amen, with those that are connected to Abraham, amen. We're sons of Abraham. We're, we're sons of Abraham. Then it says that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Somebody say this day. God the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says, listen, I give you power to get wealth. That word power, it means that I give you the strength, I give you the force, I give you, the, I like this, the substance, the ability, and the means. So he's saying, listen, it's me that gives you the strength, the force, the substance, the ability, the, the, the means to get wealth. I believe there's things, that gifts and talents that he's downloaded in all of us, but it's up to us to give birth to those things and step out on faith and believe. And sometimes when you're stepping out and believing, there's sometimes you can't think everything through. Come on, when Moses and them were at the edge of the Red, there it is, the Red Sea, ain't nobody seen no Red Sea ever part before. When God tells you to stretch your rod and tell you that I'm a party for you, you can't sit up there and be trying to think things through. Especially when you got your enemies coming there and they cherish, they coming. About to get y'all. You better take a risk. It was a risk moving in this building knowing there wasn't no air in here. And this is Arizona. This is not Alaska. We know it's getting hot in April. And I'll be preaching to y'all, y'all And in my mind, I'm thinking, maybe I didn't think this through. But then I thought, I said, wait a minute, we're getting a $5.5 million building for three million, a little over $3 million. I'm going to beg them for that $323,000. And we raised it. And now we got air. That's why, I'm, that's why I said, don't complain. <laughs> it's a miracle. That's supernatural. Oh, my God, that's supernatural. And then when we, you know, purchased the facility, we already have put like 180,000, 190, almost 200 grand toward the AC units. And the, 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 and the company, Tempe Mechanical, carried the rest of it. But then our bank said, we want to pay that off. We'll just roll that in the mortgage. You ain't got to worry about paying them no more. We got that. So we're debt free when it comes to that. We just pay it in the mortgage. So we ain't got to even worry about that. No, we're not paying here and paying there. But we supernaturally just trusted God. You want God? God told me, what take 20 years, I'm going to do it for you in four. He said, but I need you to walk in humility, integrity, and obedience. And 20 years, 
not even 12 years. Look at what we've been able to do. Most churches at 12 look like this. One of my friends been pastoring eight years. He has 60 members. But this is the problem. He was a vice president of a bank before he became a pastor. I told him, you're too smart to be a pastor. That's why it's not working. <laughs> why did you do that? I love people. I said, well, you might have should have just came along another pastor and just helped him. But now you seven, eight years later, you got 60 members. I said, how many people on payroll? He said, just me and the lady that answered the phones. But he was a vice president. So he thinks things through. That's all they do all day is crunch numbers. I was a telemarketer. Oh. <laughs> I'm hustling. Uh, I see your credit card, your last four digits are 0762. Your address is 787 uh, Johnson Road. We're going to go ahead and send this Tybo out to you. Y'all remember Tybo? I'm going to go ahead and get this Richard Simmons tape out to you. It's going to bless you. You're going to work so much sweat. You're going to lose so much. This tape, I just watched this tape. This tape is going to bless your life. I didn't give them a chance to rebuttal. We're sending this in the mail. We already indebited you. Well, okay. That's what I thought. <laughs> Can I get a witness, baby? And my, I would come home like four hours later. My wife was like, why are you home? I said, girl, I, made, I hit quota. They sent me home. And then every month, I want employee of the month, I would be right at the Ritz-Carlton with the owner. And right when I was getting ready to start kingdom, he said, well, well this is what I want to do. He said, you're starting a church. You're leaving us? He said, wait a minute. He said, I was going to fly you around the United States to our other places called Impulse. That was the place called Impulse and have you train other people on how to sell this stuff. He said, no, nah, brother, I'm starting my church. <laughs> Why? Why did I do that? Because I didn't need my focus to be split. I know pastors now, they pastor, but then they have the jobs. I'm like, you can't do that. You got to let that thing go. There was just a couple with us that flew in here to Arizona from Alabama. I told that pastor, your church will not take off until you quit your job. Guess what he did three weeks ago? He quit his job. They threw a party for him at the job. He left. Now he out there. I had to tell him, you got to stop thinking things through. You are five years old. Your church shouldn't be 40 people. Where's that in the Bible? That's in Acts 2.47. Put it up. Acts 2.47. Look, Acts 2.47. It says, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord. Somebody say, and the Lord. He added, he added to the church daily those who were being saved. Every Sunday, somebody should be getting saved. Somebody should be getting rededicated. Amen? But because of time. Let's look at this again. Number one, one of the benefits of the covenant is that he makes us fruitful, he prospers us, and he gives us land. I can go so many places. Go to John 10, 10. There are some people even, I know pastors, I don't believe in prosperity. I'm thinking you got to be crazy. The thief does not come but except to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. He says, I come that, that they may have life. 
and that they may have it more. Somebody say more. Abundantly. God wants us to have an abundant life. If you look up that word abundant, it means plenty. It means more than enough. Put up Matthew 7, 11. It says, and if you being even know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things? How many know your heavenly Father wants to give you good things? He wants to give you good things to those who what? Ask. Got to ask for it. Put up Matthew 7, 7. We looked at this last week briefly. Look at this. Because I've heard people say, I don't ask God for stuff. But the Bible says, ask. And it will be what? Given to you. What? Properties. Favor. But you got to ask for it. Bible says you have not because you ask not. So it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Not and it will be open to you. There are things that God wants to open to you. But... It's according to your faith. That's in Matthew 9, 29. It's according to your faith. But because of time, let's go to our third one. So he wants to prosper us. He wants to give us land. I could have stayed on that forever. But then number three, God, I'm going to go New Testament on you real quick. One of the other benefits of the covenant is God remembers our sins no more. Where is that in the Bible? Go to Hebrews 8. 12, look, Hebrews 8, chapter 12, look at Hebrews 8. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. I can stop right there. He says, for I will be merciful to, has he been merciful to your unrighteousness? I'm talking about since you got saved. When you cussed everybody out. Merciful, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins. He says, I'm going to be merciful even to your unrighteousness and your sins and their lawless deeds. Lawless means that you just ain't got no boundaries. Anybody, when you was not saved, you even, you even had boundaries. I know I did. Can I get a witness? Even when I was an unbeliever, I'm like, I can't do that. Anybody been there? Or maybe, maybe y'all, y'all just looking that straight. Y'all like, Pastor, I did everything. <laughs> I had some boundaries. I was crazy, but I'd be like, I, I ain't doing that. <laughs> Go back to this. <laughs> Lawless deeds. I will remember no more. That's why when somebody asks me one time, with a church your size, how are you able to monitor the sin in it? I had to tell that person, I'm not a sin monitor. I'm trying to monitor myself. The Bible tells us that. It said in Philippians 2.12, it says, work out your own. What I look like trying to find out what you doing. And me and my wife came from churches like that where the pastor wanted to know what, how you live. Mm, we're going to silence you. Remember them, them churches? They would just silence everybody. And the pastor needed to be silenced. Can I get a witness? The pastor needed to be silenced. I could go more in depth than that, but I'm not, because I'm not trying to uncover nobody tonight. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> God remembers our sins no more. That don't mean you can go act a fool. Because Romans 6, 1, King James Version says, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. So let me just put that out there. Don't leave here. I'm going to go act a fool because God don't remember no more. <laughs> go to Hebrews uh, chapter 10. Hebrews 10 and 16. There it is right there. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts. Isn't it a blessing that he's put his, his word in our hearts, his law in our hearts? Then, then it says, and in their minds, he's put his word, his law in our mind. That, then it says, in our minds, I, I will write them. Next verse. Then it says, then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. What a blessing that one of the covenants, one of the benefits of the covenant is that God, he, God remembers our sins no more. Look at verse 18. Verse 18. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. We ain't got to run around here trying to find something to sacrifice. Jesus already did it. He already paid the price. Amen? That's why in communion, I get up here and I say past, present, and future sins wiped out. Amen? Why? God remembers our sins no more. So that's one of the covenants. Mm -hmm. Because look. <laughs> Could you imagine God in heaven having to evaluate all of us? That's a long process. Just with just one of y'all. He'd be looking at you, I got 29 things I got to talk to you about. He'd take up his whole day. <laughs> all right. Go to Romans 3.23. Romans 3.23. Look at this. For all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. Next verse. Being justified. Anybody know you've been justified? Justified means you've been declared righteous freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You've been justified. You've been declared righteous. Even though the Bible says our righteousness is as a filthy rag, nevertheless, you're his righteousness in the earth. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, he knew not sin, but he became sin for us, that we might be the righteousness of God. So one of the benefits of the covenant is that he makes us fruitful. He prospers us. He gives us land. He, God remembers our sins no more. You've been rescued, returned, and repurchased. Next thing, number four, God qualifies us. Go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Look at this, Colossians 1 and 12. Look at this real quick. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified. Somebody say qualified. 
us to be partakers of his inheritance of the saints of light. The word qualified means that he's made you competent and sufficient. Even though really none of us are competent to even really be in his kingdom. But he loved us so much, amen, that he sent his son, amen, justified us, declared us righteous, amen. But look at that, qualified us, qualified us, made us competent and sufficient. Then, uh, can you put that up in the King James Version? Let me see how that reads. Look at this. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet, which means he's made us worthy to be partakers. Look at that. He's made us to be partakers of his inheritance, of his covenant of the saints and light. So when somebody tries to tell you because you blew it and you did something, no, you're talking about I've been qualified. I've been justified. I'm sufficient. Amen. I'm competent. Even really when I'm not, he made me competent because of the blood. Come on, I know I didn't do good in school. Come on, somebody. But he made me competent. I wasn't on the principal list. <laughs> I'm doing nothing with you, D.C. How many, how many, who was on the principal list? Woo! Thank God he has surrounded me with smart people. I always say, if you're the smartest person in your circle, thank you, Nisi, for being in my circle. She's smarter than me. Listen, she got this building. Y'all don't know the stuff that they, we need this. The stuff that they were saying to her was Greek and Hebrew to me. I was like, what's that? She said, oh, I need the statement. I need this. I said, I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. I'm going to stick to what I know, scripture. I got to get this balance sheet, and they need this, and they need a budget. And I'm like, what's that? Amen. All I know is they called me and said, the, the deal is done. I said, praise the Lord. They said, Nisi, she is such a great. I'm like, praise the Lord. Because if I had to get those balance sheets, I'm going to get a scripture. I, I, I encourage you. Oh, I will pray. We're going to pray you through. You got to know your lane. Staff your weaknesses. You want to be successful, you better find you an accountant. Find you somebody that's good at what you're not good at and still be secure in who you are and know you're sufficient, you're competent on what God had called you to do. Y'all catching it. So number one, benefits of the covenant makes us fruitful. He prospers. He gives us land. God remembers our sins no more. He qualifies us, makes us competent and sufficient. The last thing, God empowers us to overcome the enemy. That's part of the covenant. He has empowered you and I to overcome the enemy. That's why when I see, say, I just don't know, Master. <laughs> I thought he empowered you. Work with you, God. He said in Luke 10, 19, I've given you authority. Somebody say authority. authority. To trample. Where is it at? Luke 10. Behold, I've given you authority 
authority to what? Trample over serpents and over scorpions and over all the power, all, all, the, all of his powers. The enemy just, he just keep overpowering me. That's because you let him. You've given him the keys back. You've given him the authority. You've delegated authority to him to let him run you crazy. So it says, Behold, I give you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the poverty of the enemy. Nothing. Somebody say nothing. Nothing means nothing. That means depression can't overtake you. I didn't say it was going to not come knock on your door, but I cannot overtake you. I didn't say you was going to have a, you're not going to have a bad day, but you better come up and talk about the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me. Come on, somebody. The, the God be for me. You better learn how to fight the enemy with the word of God. Know that you've been empowered. Amen. I give you authority to trample over scorpions and, and, and over the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Next verse. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. He's saying don't even make it a big deal that you've been empowered. It'll just be something common. Then it says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your name. <laughs> That's what we need to be doing cartwheels about. That our names are written in heaven. <laughs> That's what we need to be thanking God for, because when all this, all hell break loose. Amen? Because I, I, I wish I could come up here and say things are going to get better. No, that ain't what the Bible says. The Bible says things are going to get worse. How in the world Orlando's just getting hit with one thing after another? You got the 49 people that are dead, over 50-some people still in the hospital. Then you got the alligator. I mean, come on, man. Did y'all hear about that? I'm like, my God in heaven. So I've been talking to my pastor friends in Orlando. So none of them, they, they're having church now. Praying. A lot of people around the country, they not even having teaching tonight. They just praying. I said, well, if that would have hit Phoenix, we wouldn't have been teaching tonight. I would have been shit on the buck, shit. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Lord Jesus, what's wrong? Save Phoenix. <laughs> Amen. That's why we need to pray for our state. God empowers us to overcome the enemy. Last scripture, and we're done. Matthew uh, 16 and 16. And we're done. Put this up in the King James if you could. Very familiar scripture to everybody, pretty much. But it's good to go back and touch these scriptures. Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed art thou, uh, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood did not reveal uh, that unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. In other words, he was telling him, you tapped in, brother. You tapped into the heavens to get that kind of revelation, to get that kind of knowledge. Next verse. And I say unto thee, thou art, art, art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. God is looking for somebody he can build upon us. We're his church. We're his kingdom, not this building. This is a facility that we come to. We are the church. Upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail 
against it. You might be going through hell, but hell won't have dominion over you. Why? Because you've been empowered. He's delegated his authority to you and I. He's given me and you the what? Keys. Next verse. There it is right here. He's given us the keys. Look at this. Verse 19. He says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom and whatever. Somebody say whatever. Whatever means whatever. Sickness, disease, whatever. Put that thing in check. That depression, that insecurity, that low self-esteem. Put it in check. Because come on, all of us got something. Even Paul said, if possible, he said, let this thorn be. He said, let, if possible, get this thorn. Jesus said, no, God said, no, you, you need that. My grace is sufficient. If I take that, you'll stop praying. If I take that, you'll stop reading the Bible. What, what you going to need me for? So he was like, I'm about to let that thing linger. In other words, we all got something lingering. Come on, somebody. <laughs> y'all quiet because y'all thinking about that, huh? Because listen, if we didn't have nothing lingering, what we need to be here for? Why we need iron sharpening iron? Why we need a blended family ministry? Why we need a, a singles ministry and a single moms? Because we all need to be encouraged. We all need each other. The Bible says one will put a thousand to flight, two ten thousand. I've given you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever, whatever, whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Let's start praying. Let's start loosing the supernatural. Every day, Lord, thank you. You're loosing the supernatural. Lord, you're loosing favor. You're just loosing blessing. You're loosing peace. You're loosing joy. Because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my what? Strength. The Bible says weeping may endure at night, but joy comes in the morning. Open up. Everything you need is in your mouth. If you say it, you'll see it. Open your mouth. The Bible says if you decree a thing, shall be established. Let's pray. Father, we honor you tonight. We thank you for the word that's gone forth. Lord, I ask that you cover your people right now tonight.